Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. And welcome to our Thursday show, Thursday, where we take a look at the perennial Oscar bridesmaid and nowhere of cinema, Martin Scorsese. Indeed. Zach, what are we watching this week? This week, we are watching the 1972 film Unholy Rollers, which is about a feisty underdog roller derby girl who makes enemies by going against the establishment. And is this your first time seeing this? Yes, it is. Mine too. I did not even know this film existed until we <laughs> discovered it on his IMDb page. Yeah, which is a little surprising considering some of your background, which we'll talk about a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, things get obscured and yeah, uh, yeah. it's just hard to, to watch everything. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of why I wanted to do Thursday so I could fill in the gaps on one of my favorite filmmakers. Yes, and I appreciate it. Um, and we picked this not because he directed it. He did not. He was the uh, supervising editor. Mm-hmm. And I guess around this time, Martin Scorsese said he knew he needed to be working in film and would take any job that would come his way. And uh, there was one man who was willing to just give about anybody a job if they <laughs> seemed like they wanted it. And that man, oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, oh, everybody, that man is the greatest person to ever make film, Roger Corman. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for enlightening me about him. I'm enjoying learning more about him each episode. Yes, and we get to talk about him this week, and we get to talk about him next week. Yes. Um, Just a, a teaser for anybody out there. So apparently he was working under Corman. Corman... Uh, for anybody who doesn't know Roger Corman, I call him the most important man to ever make cinema because he doesn't make great films, hardly ever makes good films. And uh, but he makes a lot of films, gave a lot of people a chance. He gave a lot of people a chance. And pretty much anybody that you know of that came out of the 60s or 70s probably worked for Roger Corman. He is essentially the godfather of New Hollywood mm-hmm. because Everybody who is credited with kicking up new Hollywood as, as a director or a lot of the stars and writers worked for him at one point. So you get Arthur Penn and Bob Rafelson, Jack Nicholson, Peter Fonda, uh, Dennis Hopper. I mean, you name it. And Martin Scorsese is no different. And he would just take editing jobs or any film that Roger Corman was willing to send his way. And this, this was the one that was listed under his IMDb. Yep. So essentially it's the only one that he gets named credit on and he, and he gets it in the opening credits too. Yeah, sure does. So yeah, he, uh, uh, <laughs> so he watched an interview with Scorsese talking about working with Corman and he brings this film up and apparently when he was editing it, he brought it back to Corman and Corman asked, so how long's the picture? He said, it's, it's an hour, seven minutes. He, <laughs> Corman told him that's not long enough. We need to go add 20 minutes to the picture. <laughs> sure enough, they did from scraps that he'd cut or did they have to shoot more? I guess they I think don't, they, they don't. Sh- I think they had to shoot more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Yeah. <laughs> So Roger Corman is is essentially the master of schlock. He yeah. makes he makes absolute trash for the most part. 
because he just wanted to put butts in seats and fill drive-ins. Yep. He's been doing it since the 1950s, about 15, 20, nearly 20 years of film experience at this point, and this is where we're at. Yeah. Um. So I don't know anything about uh budget or how much this made. I don't know if that information is out there or if you know it or anything, but I know... Uh, I imagine it made a, a a fair bit considering the star Claudia Jennings is coming off winning Playboy's Playmate of the Year, mm-hmm. which is, which is, um, I'm not going to be a disgusting animal. I'll just say at one time, I'm always happy when there's a beautiful redhead and a Playboy Playmate is a, a big reason for me to sit down and smile as I watch this movie. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, I, uh, I got a reason to smile cause it's, ro- it's about roller derby and, mm-hmm. uh, that's a world I know a lot about thanks to my beautiful wife who, uh, was the captain of a roller derby team in Davenport, Iowa, uh, mm. and me joining one now, well, she shout gives out me a thumbs coastal, up and a nod. Shout out coastal Virginia roller derby. Yeah. So, uh, we'll partner with looking, them sometime. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I I wish they were we were a little bigger and they were a little bigger so that we could have done a team up on this. Yeah, but nonetheless, this is just a fun film. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's not good, but no. it's, it's it's fun. It um, I saw I saw somebody write a review on it, and again, it might have been Letterboxd, it might have been IMDb. They're like, you know, it's. I realize it's exploitation and it is. Mm, yeah. I realize it's exploitation, but how often do you get to see a female lead just be a complete asshole? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> just unlikable. Well, I, maybe it's my bias, but I mean, I, we start off with her working with the asshole guy who's like sexually molesting her and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate her feisty attitude right away in that sense. But yeah, she definitely becomes an asshole as she lets stardom and fame or whatever the local fame get to her. And she starts yeah. doing the TV commercials and she's like, I'm hot shit. Although she flips herself off during that one. So I don't know exactly how she feels. <laughs> at, least, but, at least a little bit of nuance there. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> and, yeah. And I mean, there's, there's really not much to discuss plot wise because unfairly treated woman joins a rural derby team becomes the star and uh uses that to pretty much piss off her teammates who like, jump her <laughs> regularly in a parking lot yeah god yeah <laughs> she <laughs> falls for a guy that you think is pretty cool and it turns out he's cheating on his wife and then like laps her later it's like oh fuck there's nobody good in this movie <laughs> no, there's certainly except not. for like her roommates who are like cool to each other and <laughs> That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, the lots of the movie is roller derby scenes, and and they're they're pretty cool to watch, and some funny. Uh, the characters are all so weird and unique, and um, like the, the caped guy that would jump out and randomly <laughs> knock people down as they're going past. Like, was that still is that still a thing at all in roller no, derby? No, like <laughs> back in the seventies, and and this is. This is a big misconception about uh-huh. roller derby that even I had because back in the 70s, ro- roller derby was on TV 
it was more like professional wrestling mm, yeah where where it's scripted and they have characters like that so so this was more true to that okay. uh, roller derby these days is more of a sport mm-hmm. um the the rules are the same they're not all played on bank tracks like this is there's flat track and there's bank track mm-hmm. and of course the bank track uh, for if you haven't watched the movie is where it kind of goes up around the sides so it's yeah. a little embankment um but flat track they pretty much just tape off uh, a section on a flat surface and they play that way um, a lot of times like basketball courts or uh, concrete floors or uh, okay. what they call sport track yeah um so yeah it's it's more of a sport a, there are rules you can't just if you're the coach you can't just run onto the track and <laughs> hit other players there is there is contact but it is it is very very regulated yeah uh it's actually a really exciting sport if you understand the rules and know what's going on i've taken people to roller derby games and you know they they try to explain it there yeah but a rules rundown can be monotonous and yeah lose people's attention i don't think they really even explain it in the movie other than you they like say when so-and-so gets a point or two or but so so they actually do a pretty good job in this film explaining the basic rules of roller derby which is essentially you start out with a pack of 10 five from each team Mm. and uh you get uh the woman who scores the point is called the jammer okay now the jammer's goal is to first skate through the pack. They got to get through all 10 women. And once they do, uh, you have two minutes from the start of each, what's called a jam. So a jam is two minutes. And in that two minutes, the jammer has to go through the pack and then loop back around the track to catch up to the back of the pack. Okay. Now, for, um, for each woman, a jammer passes they get a point on the other team. Oh. So five points are on the board if you get through the pack. Now, what happens is the first of the two jammers that goes through the pack gets called what is the lead jammer, and they're able to call off the jam. So say the lead jammer comes around the pack and goes through the five, she can stop that two-minute jam from, from continuing, and then the other team doesn't get any points. Okay. Or say something happens and the lead jammer is tripped up or falls down and the other jammers coming up around the back of the pack, she can call off the jam and then nobody gets any points. But if you get, if the other jammer gets put in a penalty box, then that lead jammer can keep going around and around just scoring five points until the two minutes is up. That's uh, for anybody who's curious. Those are the basic rules of Thank roller you. derby. It's, uh, it's, it's a real fun sport to watch, especially if you know the rules. There. Thank you welcome so there was a um a moment in this movie which i wonder knowing now that you mentioned that some time was had to be added i wonder if this was like part of something that they filmed to add some time the the ping pong and mini golf scene um oh yeah (laughs) the sound effects when they were hitting the golf balls for some reason that was one of the funniest things to me because they used (laughs) probably like stock sound of somebody actually like on a golf course taking a full swing. It's like, whoosh, but they're just tapping a <laughs> mini golf ball and they did it the same exact sound multiple times. And 
it, that cracked me up. I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I, I kept wondering if all the roommate stuff was added, but it's most of the nudity in the film, so probably not. Probably not. Uh, yeah, N- nudity. It's old tickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of it was odd, pretty odd nudity. You know, like, especially the scene where they rip the clothes off her in the um, bar. <laughs> right. Wow, okay, that happened all of a sudden. Yeah. But you got the playmate, I guess, uh, you know, that's part of the reason that she's there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not substantial, but it was fun um, to to watch, uh, knowing what it was, knowing what it was meant to be. I, I did enjoy, you know, we just talked about French Connection on the main pod. This one had a pretty sweet uh, car chase scene, too. I mean, not necessarily a chase, but when she goes on her little rampage of crashing into stuff around town, that was yeah. that was pretty cool. That was, that was quite a wild ending. And then to, <laughs> to end it on, she gets a, a tattoo for the team she's on, which is yeah. the Avengers, hilariously. <laughs> um, uh, she gets a tattoo of Avengers for life or whatever in the roller skate. Yeah. And the end of it is just her holding up the the tattoo for everyone to see as the cops are coming after her after she's gone on this wild rampage. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed that. Um sad note, I just learned after watching it before we were recording, I didn't realize that Claudia Jennings would die only seven years later in an automobile accident. So that's yeah. Terrible. Apparently pretty horrific. Yeah. That's very sad. Yeah. I haven't seen any other for other uh, stuff, even though I guess she was apparently known as queen of B movies for a while. Yeah. I'll, I'll check more of this out. Cause I, I didn't hate her in this film. I mean, yeah. her character. Maybe, but. Yeah. I mean, but, but the fact that she's willing to be so unlikable. Right. And like, that's, that's a hard thing to pull off. To, yeah. To be as unlikable as she is by the end of this movie. Kicking people in the nuts and <laughs> <laughs> but uh I mean I'm I'm not putting her up for any awards or anything, but right. I think she carries the film well. She mm-hmm. I mean for, for it being B schlock exploitation, she hands in a nice performance. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Anything else you wanted to say? Hmm. No, other than um, you know, I don't have as much uh experience with exploitation films as as i might uh that was fun for me in that aspect um might dive into some more just something to you know oh (laughs) amazon prime has a ton of old exploitation films by a lot of people you are familiar with (laughs) um i definitely suggest a a lot of it it's yeah it's a interesting subgenre of film that I think we can learn a lot from mm-hmm. uh, like, like you talked about, you know, making it, making it on a string budget and trying to make some money and, and they did it pretty well. I, I will say one other thing about as far as a uh, Corsese's um, hand in this, there's not a lot of uh, noteworthy camera work or, or uh, the script is not much there, but I, I do think the editing's fairly decent. I mean, as far as, scene transitions and putting something together, putting a story together. I don't know what it looked like to begin with, but yeah, I mean, you oversaw it pretty well. Yeah. And when you, you are constantly teamed up with one of the best in the business, you got to pick up a few things, right? Right. And this is just a couple 
a couple of years after Woodstock. So, mm-hmm. man, that's I cannot believe how beautifully edited that film is. Right. So, I mean, he he has a lot of experience under his belt at this point. This is one of the last films he he edits because he's off to bigger and better things after this. Right. Uh, but not too soon because we got a little more Corman coming our way next week. <laughs> All right. So, worsty judgment time. Okay. I guess he didn't direct it, so it's gonna it, it kind of skews it. But is this the worst thing that Scorsese has worked on? You know what? I I don't think so because uh, I had fun with it. I laughed a few times. You know, my bias colors it as well. Um, my my wife has so spoiled me for anything redheaded. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to say, uh, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this is still kind of his weakest. Uh, thing associated with him uh yeah i think i'm gonna agree with you there this is this is what it is yeah and to try to grade it on any other curve is uh, your own faux pas right i enjoy this i'm not going to suggest it to anybody to watch just just (laughs) know that it's something that weird b films and exploitation is just something i i have enjoyed through most of my life uh for a multitude of reasons mostly because it's something that it's the proving ground for a lot of people and right uh and yeah so no this isn't the worst thing he's worked on i i'm i'm gonna agree with you on what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this but uh next week we get to officially start dropping those things yes off uh we're going to be discussing uh what what are we going to be discussing boxcar bertha which you can stream on amazon or rent on Google or YouTube. Yeah, and so this is uh, officially Martin Scorsese's second directing uh, mm-hmm. venture. Under Roger Corman, it is his first. So uh, I've never seen it. So well, I guess I'm giving that away for next week. So I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. I own it as part of a, a kind of a weird Martin Scorsese collector box that had like that and Raging Bull new york new york and the last waltz like what what made you put those four together i guess that maybe. is <laughs> that is a weird mixture of films it is but i guess it's as eclectic as marty himself so indeed that being said we like to thank trav from our sister podcast loving up benjamin banks for producing our show we like to thank chad ramsey for our most excellent theme song we like to thank megan and jay bellevue for our beautiful artwork you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at oscar worsty pod you can follow us on Facebook at the Oscarsity Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Gore. For Zach and Claudia Jennings, RIP, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>